You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material. And before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the special budget edition of the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and helping me decipher the 2021-22 federal budget is Stephen Halmerick, our Chief Economist. Stephen, hi. Hi Belinda, great to be with you on Budget Night. Yes, it is always a very exciting night for us economists and we've spent the last few hours or so looking through the federal budget to analyse what it means for the economy and our clients. So let's start with some headline numbers just to give all our listeners a flavour of what has happened in the budget tonight. Over to you. Yeah, sure. Mm. So in the the current year, 2020-21, the budget deficit comes down quite a bit. So they're now estimating $161 billion. It's still a very large number, but that's down from the original estimate in last year's budget of $214 billion. Yeah. So as a share of GDP, that's 7.8% as opposed to 11%. And then next year, financial year 21-22, the deficit uh, declines further to $106.6 billion, uh, which is 5% of GDP. But interestingly, that's really not much lower than the previous estimate, which was $112 billion. So most of the improvements in the current financial year rather than next financial year. It, it is really, I think, what surprised us the most when we saw those headline figures came out. I think we all looked once, twice, if not three times yeah, at the 2021-22 the headline budget number, which, as you said, was at $106.6 billion. Is that what surprised you most in the budget? Was it just the fact that we know the economy improved, we know there's been new policy announcements, but the fact that they really spent most of that improvement in the economy, was that what was the biggest surprise? Yeah, I think the, the size of the budget deficit in 21-22 is, is the surprise. Uh, in terms of figures, uh, for the current year, financial year 2021, extra money coming into the budget because the economy is a lot stronger than they thought it mm. was going to be was $61 billion. But they spent only $8.2 billion of that. Oh, right. yep. But for next year, financial year 2022... The extra money coming in was $26.8 billion. They spent $21.5 billion mm. of that. So nearly all of the extra money flowing into the, the budget from the fact that the economy is a lot stronger than they thought it was going to be, uh, they've spent for next year. And we'll get to those decisions in a minute. When we hear about the size of the deficit in 2021-22 and also the out years, the deficits in 2022-23, 23-24, 2425 uh, also are probably a bit larger than what we had expected as well. So the improvement in the budget bottom line is certainly very gradual yeah. as a way for, it seems, the federal government to take a more active role in demand management in the Australian economy. I think they know that monetary policy support is more limited at the moment. So they've really, I guess, wanted to take a bigger share of that role. Yeah, that's right. And you can see that in the financial years 23 and 24, 
Uh, the budget defic- deficits are now actually bigger mm. than they expected in the budget last year. So uh, there's more spending than the extra revenue the strong economy is giving them. So uh, as you said, that does imply that the government is going to be a larger part of the economy going forward than it has in the past. And maybe that's a good thing given, as you say, monetary policy is, um, you know, it's difficult for monetary policy to add a lot more economic stimulus at this point in time. So fiscal policy is going to have to take more of the heavy lifting. And they certainly seem uh, willing to do that at the moment. So the, the biggest question is, what does it mean for Australia's debt level? And doesn't matter. Should we be concerned yeah. about the lift in net debt? Will the ratings agencies be concerned about net debt? And is that lifting debt worthwhile? So the, the increase in the debt is pretty substantial. So for, at June 2021, debt's estimated at $617 billion. That's about 30% mm. of GDP. And by June 2025, it's now estimated at $980 billion. Uh, that's about 40, 41% of GDP, 40.9% of GDP. Now, that 40.9% of GDP is actually lower than the previous estimate, which was 43% of GDP, mm. but still a pretty significant increase. But if we look at the, the interest cost around that yep. debt, now this is the critical point, I think, is how much is the interest cost of that increase in debt? And for every year out to 24, 25, the interest cost as a share of GDP is steady at 0.7%. And even if you go back, when I looked at the numbers, you go back to 2013, 2014, and it was 0.7%. Yeah. So this is the critical interaction between the fiscal policy stimulus and the Reserve Bank's efforts to keep borrowing mm. costs and interest rates really low through their quantitative easing programs, yield curve control and the very low cash rate. So essentially uh, the government is taking the opportunity afforded to them by very low interest rates uh, to really support the economy in a, in a significant way. And the whole goal here is for that unemployment rate to get back down to pre-pandemic levels. The unemployment rate is currently 5.6% and they want that unemployment rate to get back down below 5%. They think the natural rate of unemployment rate is somewhere between 45 and 5%. So they're effectively expanded the future budget deficits to help achieve that outcome. Yeah, that's exactly right. So trying to push the unemployment rate down below 5 uh, between 45 and 5% uh, by using fiscal policy, increasing spending. So let's look at some of the major policy announcements. And I guess a few of them were a bit of a surprise, uh, particularly uh, for me, the extension of the business tax incentives and, and the write-off amounts. I think that's something that we hadn't factored in. So they're continuing to support, I guess, businesses through the economic recovery. What were some of the other major highlights that, that you noticed? Yeah, so we had thought before the budget that the strategy would be to move away from broad-based support for the economy, things like job seeker, mm. job keeper, to a much more targeted approach. And in a sense, that's what they've done is there's more targeted policies. But the list of sectors that they've targeted is really large. Mm. So it's targeted approach, but for lots and lots <laughs> of bits of the different of, of the economy. Yep. So um, as you say, businesses, uh, the extension of the um, automatic write-off yep. of um, investments and lost carryback yep. provisions, um, aged care, which was well flagged, gets $17.7 billion I over five years. I think a lot years. of people will say yep. it's about time. Money well spent, yep. I, I think. Um, 
things like health, the, the NDIS, again, you know, money very well spent. Uh, that's a significant contribution there, $13.2 billion over four years. Mental health, mm. $2.3 billion over a couple of years. Again, you know, money very well spent. Uh, childcare, uh, more money for childcare, another $1.7 billion. Um, as reported in the media, the extension of what's called the low to middle income uh, tax offset. The Lamington. Yeah, <laughs> which is basically an income tax cut for anybody um, earning up to $126,000 a year. And that was due to end on the 30th of June this year. It's now been extended to the 30th of June 2022. Measures on housing affordability, hmm. um, particularly for those on the lower socio- socioeconomic uh, sectors of the economy to get into the housing market. Um, more policies towards infrastructure. Yep. So there's another $15.2 billion for infrastructure, which is over 10 years, but some specific projects there. Uh, there's quite a few policy initiatives designed to improve the, the safety and well-being of, of women in the workforce and in the economy. Again, you know, money very mm. well spent. Uh, the list goes on. Uh, even craft brewers <laughs> got a tax break. We, we did note that. And yeah. obviously there's still a lot of money. If you think about some of these policies, particularly the childcare policy, the NDIS, uh, education to improve uh, training, to get yeah. more people in the workforce, it is really focused on getting more people back into the workforce, getting that participation rate up, and I guess that will help in a way, fuel the economic recovery even more. Yeah, exactly. So if we look at things like childcare, uh, skills and training, um, measures to improve uh, apprenticeships, you know, all those things, as you say, are just designed to really increase the labour force participation rate, particularly the female mm. labour force participation rate, get more people into paid jobs, and uh, you know, clearly that's a, you know, a very worthy uh, goal. So turning our attention to the economic forecast, we often pour over their GDP forecasts, their CPI forecasts, wages growth forecasts. What did you note when our team looked at the economic outlook section? Yeah, so the, the forecasts are pretty reasonable in mm. our view. Uh, they've got the economy growing by four and a quarter percent in financial year 2022. Uh, it's hard to, hard to quibble with that. Uh, very solid recovery underway. Uh, slower growth in 2022-23 of two and a half percent. Again, uh, that makes sense as the economy returns to a more normal posture. Uh, on the unemployment rate, their, their forecasts are almost exactly the yeah. same as ours. So they've got the unemployment rate at four and three quarter percent in the middle of 2022. We're at 4.7, so that's pretty much the same number. And uh, but the, the I guess the standout is they still expect very low wages growth yep. and very low inflation. So they've got wages growth of just one and a half percent in financial year 2022, uh, increasing only modestly to two and a quarter percent in financial year 23. We're a little bit more yeah. optimistic and we expect uh, and wages growth to be closer to 2.7% by 2023 and that would push up uh, the inflation numbers a little bit higher than what the, uh, sorry, what the government has got. Uh, they've got it 1.75% next year. Um, so there's, I think, more risk that the wages and the inflation numbers are a little bit higher than the government's and the Reserve Bank for that matter yes. is forecasting, yes. particularly because, as we've been saying, this budget adds significant fiscal policy stimulus to the economy for the next few years. And it must be seen in context as to what the government's saying about population growth and the reopening of borders. So what are they saying in terms of border reopening and population growth? So they're assuming vaccine rollout through the end of the second half of 2021. It's kind of 
uh, make sense given the, the current expectations. Uh, but the international border will be largely remain closed until about the middle of 2022. Yeah. So we're another year or so away from the international borders really opening up. So the population growth rate, uh, which is normally around 1.5% mm. per year, uh, will be 0.1% in financial year 21 and 0.2% in financial year 22 and just 0.8% in financial year 23. So it's quite a number of years of almost no population yeah. growth rate. Very slow return to, I guess, pre-COVID population rates. Yeah. And that helps us think about whether or not we'll start to see school shortages come through with such a fall in the unemployment rate. And that may, as you said and alluded to earlier, may lead to some upside risk for wages and inflation growth. Yes, because we think, and it's, you know, it's pretty clear to see in the data, that uh, the level of population growth and you know, lots of immigrants coming into Australia has been a really strong source of labour market supply. Mm. And so you know, if, if employers are looking for new employees, they would have the option of uh, new Australians coming in to that labour force, and that's kept wages growth down. Uh, so with uh, very little uh, immigration over the next couple of years, uh, employers may need to offer those jobs to people already in Australia, and perhaps that means at a slightly higher wages rate. So I guess just to, to wrap it up, we've been in this period of the recovery from the COVID-19 recession. Everyone's starting to think about what's the next steps for the RBA. We've just seen from this budget that the federal government's taking a much larger role in supporting the economic expansion going forward and getting that unemployment rate back below its pre-pandemic level. What does it mean for the RBA? So we do think it has some medium-term implications for the RBA, the budget. So if we look at the Reserve Bank's policy stances, you know, there's four major policy tools. So the first is the cash rate. Mm. So the Reserve Bank's been saying that to raise the cash rate, the conditions that need to be met to do that are inflation, actual inflation sustainably in the 2 to 3% target range. And they don't think that will happen until 2024 mm. at the earliest. Because they need wages growth. Because they need wages growth. 3%. But, but this extra fiscal stimulus, um, we think, does raise the risk that they're going to see that slightly higher wages growth and inflation rate perhaps a little bit before 2024. Now, in terms of the other arms of RBA policy, we think the yield curve control program will continue to target the April 2024 mm. bond. They'll announce that in July, in our view. That means they don't switch to the November 2024. That's been our view for quite some mm. time. Again, the um, again another part that's been our view for quite some time is that the third round of quantitative easing, the so-called bond purchase program, will be only $50 billion rather than $100 billion. Mm. We saw in uh, QE1 and QE2. Again, we think they'll announce that in July. And the term funding facility for the banking system will cease on the 30th of June this year. So there's there's changes coming in the... RBA's monetary policy posture. The last thing to change will be the cash rate. Mm. Uh, the RBA has been saying that's 2024 at the earliest, but the as we've been saying, the, this significant fiscal stimulus does raise the risk that that's that time frame's brought forward. Stephen, it's been great to get your insights on what really has been a really interesting budget to cover. Uh, thank you very much, and you can read our report on the federal budget on combankresearch.com.au and that was published on the 11th of May 2021.